Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast on Fantasy Pros. I am your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. Joined, as always, by Pat Fitzmorris at Fitz underscore FF on the Twitter machine. Fitzy. This is our last show of 2023. It's almost bittersweet here, uh, but we stop during the regular season here. We get you prepped during draft season. And to send everybody off, we've got our boy Thor Nystrom at ThorKU on the Twitter uh, to talk about some of the best college football uh, draft prospects for fantasy. As of right now, obviously things will change over the entire college football season and injuries and who comes out and who stays and all that good stuff. But we're going to get a nice base here with Thor. So Fitzy, last episode, it's kind of bittersweet here. Yeah, Boggs, final episode of 2023. We'll be back shortly after the end of the uh, NFL regular season. But I feel like I actually did my last show last week, Boggs, because, I mean, we've got <laughs> Thor Nystrom, the Norse god of college football with us. If I am doing a lot of talking, I'm doing a disservice to our listeners and viewers. I mean, just I'm going to ask Thor about players and get the hell out of the way. That's right. That's right. Thor, welcome to the show. We did this same episode last year. You're always on the last one with us because we want to get a nice base going into the season. And, you know, it. Uh, Fitzy and I have been talking about this all offseason is that you don't want to trade those number ones for 2024 because the draft class looks super stacked. A lot of good talent coming out here, much better than the last uh, couple years even, even. Are you in agreement with that? You think this one is a pretty stacked class, right? I am. Yeah. I mean, especially when you consider the skill guys in comparison to some of the recent years, uh, the two quarterbacks, you know, standing above the rest there. I think it's going to be a solid quarterback class. Running back class is is going to be really good as well. We're going to hit on some of those guys. And uh, after we had a season off with the receiver class where we didn't have one taken in the top 19 picks, <laughs> the first receiver off the board, the 2024 draft is going to happen very, very quickly. Yeah, Jamar Chase levels here. Yeah, in the top five, maybe even two. Uh, so we will see. But let's start at the very tippy top here, Thor. And let's talk Caleb Williams because, you know, he just won the Heisman, the term generational talent. Uh, you know, the, the Longhorns were whooping on the Sooners. He comes in and beats the Sooners. That's my memory of Caleb Williams, of course. Uh, that, but that was really when he broke out. Uh, luckily transferred with Lincoln Riley to USC, won himself a Heisman. Uh, is the Heisman front runner again this year? How good is Caleb Williams? Because we heard a lot about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is great. But, you know, in terms of NFL and fantasy picks, he's right around, you know, he's top 10, top eight, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, he didn't come in and change the game like we kind of thought he was. But Caleb Williams, to me, is the closest thing that we've seen to Patrick Mahomes since Pat since Patrick Mahomes. Uh, am I wrong on that? How do you feel about Caleb? Um, well, in terms of how good of a prospect he is, yeah, the hype is real. Um, he's an incredible prospect. I don't love the Mahomes comp, though. Um, that's the ubiquitous one. The thing I don't get about it is Mahomes was a six foot four pocket passer coming out of Texas Tech. He doesn't use his legs nearly as much. Like I understand the the you know it's creativity the and the, the yeah. arm strength and, and the yeah the the different slots they throw it out of. But Caleb Williams uses his mobility quite a bit more 
And then to compare him as a passer to Mahomes, I don't really feel like it's fair to Caleb Williams, but he is very good. Um, Very, very good. And he's got that arm strength. He he throws it from the different angles like we're talking about, but I just think I'm going to have a different comp than, than Mahomes when, when we get there, but yeah, believe the hype on Caleb Williams. The super flex. I mean, easy one, one with a bullet, right? For sure. But you can make that pick now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you're on the clock, make it now. It's Caleb. Right. (laughs) Exactly. you mentioned that it's a clear cut top two at quarterback, Thor. I'm, I'm going to assume the the number two guy is Drake May, correct? And uh, you know, does he have any chance to be? I don't know. Probably no chance to pass Caleb. I'm guessing, but could he be the second overall pick in next year's NFL draft? For sure, could. Yeah, I I'm I don't buy the take of like you know he's so close to Caleb that he could easily hop him. Like for me, it's Caleb Williams is he's going with the first <laughs> overall pick. Um, but Drake may, I mean, like in almost any other class, he would be the front runner to be the number one pick. The guy's a pocket prodigy. He came in immediately, at, you know, as a redshirt freshman at UNC and was dominant. He was dominant last year, too. Um, this year, the interesting thing will be seeing him go from the Phil Longo system, which Fitzy, I, I know you've been getting yourself acquainted <laughs> with a big Badger yes. fan over there. It leaves for Wisconsin to, to join Fickle staff. Now Chip Lindsay has taken over at UNC. It is a different kind of a system. I, I think the thinking with, with May, because apparently he pushed for that, he wanted to be in a little bit more of a pro style type system that, this last year going out. But that Longo system, just so advantageous for quarterbacks, as we know, you know, I mean, every quarterback he's worked with now for years uh, was an NFL draft pick, whatever. And Drake May's special sauce so neatly went along with the way that Longo, like with his philosophy, because Drake May has an enormous arm and he also has great touchdown field. He, He was the best deep passing quarterback in college football as a sophomore. So, like, you know, you're curious to see with taking those less downfield shots in this new system ostensibly. And also the the new receiving core, they lost Josh Downs, who may had a, you know, threw a metric ton of balls to last year. And then they, they were going to have this new look receiving core. And now Tez Walker, the guy who was projected to be the number one receiver in that, who transferred over from Kent State, the NCAA is being ridiculously punitive with him. And a week or two ago said, you know, I know that we said that you could play this year. We were kidding because we changed the rule afterwards. So now you can't play. I'm not, you know, I I won't get into that whole thing, but you're wondering how much receiving talent UNC actually has trying to cobble that together. And um, I brought this up before, but it makes me think a little bit of last year's Alabama team when you had the, you know, number one overall prospect at quarterback, but his receiving core stunk. And that's what I'm hoping does not happen to Drake May this year. And I'm also hoping that he takes to that chip line, Lindsay system quickly. But one thing I will note, and I I don't want to conflate these two guys, but you guys recall going into Sam Hollows last year on campus, he was a top 10 consensus prospect. Every too early mock draft, he was top 10. What lost they, all his skill guys, yeah. yeah every one of them. Yeah. Lost, lost the skill guys, and they also figured out how to frustrate Sam Howell, the, the collegiate defensive coordinators. What they started doing was dropping eight guys. And so Sam, you know, and it wasn't a great receiving core like you guys were mentioning. That's why Sam Howell rushed for over 1,000 yards his last Looked year. Looked like campus. a little right-handed Tim Tebow. Sure yeah. I, he would take <laughs> off all the time. You know, it's like, oh, my one read's not there. I'm, I'm tucking and running. That's why his draft stock plummeted, right or wrong. It appears to be wrong, you know, he- heading into this current season. But the reason I bring all this up is Drake made the end of last season. He had been chugging along for over a year and a half. 
Then teams started dropping eight on him. I don't know why they didn't start this earlier, but uh, Drake may had two of his worst games in college, just getting really frustrated with that. I'll be interested to see as Austin, you know, I, I'm sure that defensive coordinator is going to do that this fall. If he has any answers for that. So, so those, those are three different questions he's got to answer, but definitely a, a consensus top five guy, uh, justifiably. So heading into the year. So tell me uh, quickly about a couple of the guys behind those two, because we know those two are the consensus top, but there's a lot of QB talent here as well. We got guys like JJ McCarthy from Michigan, Quinn Ewers from Texas, Riley Leonard, who I really like from Duke, Spencer Rattler depends on which Spencer Rattler you're getting. He looked really good at the end of last season. And Shador Sanders uh, at Colorado is a guy that you wanted us to put on this list as well. So who do you like out of that group? And just give us a quick little synopsis of those guys um well you know all of them in in you know in a, in a certain way you know to, to one level or another sure, i think those sure. guys are all going to get drafted eventually um you know with mccarthy there's things that i like and there's things that he has to prove right former five-star recruit he's obviously been the quarterback now of you know last year he was a quarterback of, of a team that, that went to the playoff whatnot he first of all he needs to add weight his, you know, he he's on the super light side. Need, needs to push himself closer to 220 if it's possible for his frame to do that. The other thing is somewhat in his control, but somewhat out of his hands, which is he has natural playmaking ability. Like he has creativity with the ball in his hands, different stuff like that. But Michigan last year clearly were sort of uh, handling with kid gloves. I would say uh, it wasn't just the the run heavy ethos. It was also protecting him from throwing the ball into windows, like, you know, putting the ball up for, you know, even just like, we're not going to to have that concept. And so a lot of the looks he got were fairly easy. I, I want to see Michigan unleash J.J. McCarthy this year just a little bit. So we get to see more of that stuff. Probably um, week four when Harbaugh comes back, right? So I, I hope so. You know. or, or heck, against these crappy opponents they play in the first month while Harbaugh suspended. I took the over in Let's the Michigan the game this week yeah. for, because I was like, I think the assistants might have a contest of who can blow out these small schools <laughs> the most like between, between the four of them. Right, right. Uh, because it's the D.C., the first, the O.C. Uh, in the third, and then Mike Hart and Jay Harbaugh in the second game splitting each half. I was like, these guys might have a little competition of who can score more points. So I like the over in that Michigan game. Yeah, I, yeah, who else on this list do you Well, like? I was just going to say, I bought Fitzy a cheeseburger in Canton, and the NCAA didn't suspend me for three games, so I appreciate that, <laughs> NCAA. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. It wasn't about the cheeseburger. Um, as as far as Quinn Ewers, uh, he's really interesting, right? Like, you know, him and Caleb Williams in the class where they came out, it it was like the Lawrence and Justin Fields thing, right? Like they were, you know, so far above everyone. So, so highly, you know, sought after whatnot. Caleb Williams obviously was immediately a star. We have no questions really about his game. Caleb Williams, awesome under pressure as well. Quinn Ewers, we got more questions about him, but the arm talent is unimpeachable. You can't yeah. argue with it. Cannon. It doesn't even make sense how the ball detonates out of his hands and goes so far. Because <laughs> I've always compared the way he throws to Uncle Rico. You know, it's sort of <laughs> like he started as yes. this and all of them come out in that sidearm thing. And you know, I watched that kid in high school and I was like, there's no way he throws the ball as hard as people say. And you watch him, you're like that. It looks like a glitch in the matrix when the ball just like shoots out of there. doesn't even look like he's trying. Um, and a part of the the not trying thing is something he needs to work on because he lets his mechanics go. 
We talked yeah. about this last process with Will Levis. We're even in clean pockets. Will Levis would just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to throw up from my back foot and just fling it because I have this enormous arm. We've seen too much of that with Ewers. But I will say after this last season, uh, Ewers got more. Well, first of all, he cut the mullet, which that that part of it was sad. But he got <laughs> he's way, a pro now. He's, he's a, a pro, pro now. now. He got That's more right. diligent with the diet. You know, he's he's up yeah. in, in terms of weight, but but it's all muscle stuff like that. So he looks totally different. Seems to be locked in from that perspective. I hope the mechanics were worked on as well because as the mechanics go here and there, the accuracy goes here and there. That's when it starts to waver when when, when he just goes yolo with the mechanics. Have to work on that, but again, arm talent, you put him right near the top of this guy, if not the number one guy, just in terms of that road arm talent. Uh, before we move on to the next QBs, by now most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. think it sounds complicated. It is not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online online fantasy front office is that it does not take any more time than a standard league it just requires more strategy think you're among the fantasy elite well this is the platform to test your metal still not sure you can test out your general manager skills for frwe in a mock if you like what you see use promo code fantasy pros to receive a 10 percent discount on your team or league today fantasy just got real at reality sports online Dot com. Thor, your quick takes on the other quarterbacks here. Uh, anyone that you expect between Leonard Rattler and Sanders to step up here and uh, improve their draft stock immensely? Well, Leonard's going to get on more people's radars this year. You know, I, I agree. Starting with on Monday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Against Clemson. He, he got a big yeah, test a big coming test. Right, out of, right out of the gate. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that line, it's not going much beyond 10. Because right. the sharps in the market are like, oh, that Duke offense might be able to, you know, at least put up the points to to keep it, um, you know, with, within that spread, whatnot. But Riley Leonard, ideal frame, you know, I mean, like he's he's a bigger kid than McCarthy, for instance, six four, and he's already pushing two fifteen, two twenty. If he's not there already, former dual sport star, you know, back in high school, whatnot, and you see that athleticism. He's not just big; he can move around not only evading the rush, he can get outside of the pocket and do a little bit of damage. And I like his arm as well. The one thing last year when he sort of jumped up that he needs to work on for this coming season, he was not great under pressure last year. So when you look at his clean pocket numbers, they're pretty sterling. They, you know, it, it sort of jumps out to you. When you look at the under pressure stuff, that's where it gets concerning. The under pressure numbers falling way off from the clean pocket numbers is one of the ways I pick out draft bus quarterbacks. So that is something for me. And I'm sure for other evaluators, he absolutely needs to clean up, but he's only heading into his junior season. So he's got time to do it. Clemson will certainly challenge him on that account. So that Monday night is, is a great time to, to get your f- first exposure to Leonard. With regards to Shadir Sanders, I think he slept on just because he's Dion's son. It, it's crazy to say that, but coming out, you know, he, he was a four-star recruit. He goes to the FCS. So people haven't seen him for a couple of years playing down at Jackson State. He shredded the FCS. He's got a better arm than you would think from his frame, and he's obviously athletic. But I actually think Dion has helped out his development quite a bit because instead of using that athleticism to just tuck and run every time it's not there, he stays in the pocket. He uses it to avoid the pass rush, keep his eyes downfield, and then chuck it up. 
Um, this year, uh, Colorado has a pretty good three-man receiving core. Two standout starters from USF uh, last year that that they imported, and then Travis Hunter, who went along with the Sanders, is up to Boulder. Travis Hunter has been practicing at receiver all spring. Yeah. He is going to play both ways. So you have Travis Hunter, you have the two USF uh, standout guys. They're going to have a good uh, receiving core, and they play that hyper tempo system that Sean Lewis brings over from Kent State. They're bringing it to altitude now. running the fastest tempo offense in the nation. I think that's going to be really interesting. They're going to gas defenses and Shadir Sanders has a ton of natural ability. So I had to shout him out. And and the last guy, Bogman Rattler, if so, (laughs) I I don't even know if I should say this because this guy that I was talking to is way higher on uh, Rattler than, than anyone else, certainly even higher than me. And I, and I sort of like Rattler. I was talking to an NFL agent recently that said, if Rattler plays like he did the last couple games, the last season, He's a first round pack. Wow. I mean, I mean bullish. It, it, it would be unbelievable to see him be a first round pick after, you know, I mean, when you think about who usurped his job at Oklahoma, it was Caleb Williams just won the Heisman. So you're like, OK, you know, maybe maybe we were a little reactionary to uh, Rattler. But I think the main thing for him, Thor, you can tell me if you have a different opinion here. It's just the lack of maturity. And it seems like he got that at some point last year. Right. He's a young man. They're all young men. Some of them mature faster than others. And it just seemed like he was unbelievably immature watching him from the, you know, the high school show and uh, cameras following him around all the time. Uh, very immature there. Now he looks like he's kind of he's a man now and he's focused and he's going. And I think I don't know if he's a first round pick, but I could certainly see him improving his draft stock. Another guy, big matchup against North Carolina week one, uh, which will dictate a lot of opinions. Ideal one for him because it's been a Matador defense the last couple of years, but obviously a team that forces you into shootouts. And Rattler at the end of last season was on fire. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. Uh, I, I'll always remember this quote that Seth Galena from PFF had about Spencer Rattler a couple of years ago that he plays quarterback like a video game. And yeah, that, that is bit. sort of like Rattler, like the bad Spencer is where he just goes YOLO. Right. And he just starts putting the ball up for grabs and diff- he, like he's not diligent playing within the playbook, going through the progressions, whatnot. Like he sees it and he tries to rip it and he'll try to throw it between two guys when it works. Like against Tennessee, he was doing this and just like Tennessee, it, you know, they were like the cat trying to to catch the laser pointer. Like Spencer <laughs> yeah. Rattler was always like three steps ahead of him and just slicing him and dicing him and whatnot. Spencer Rattler has an awesome arm. Like he's another one of those guys that's on the shorter side where the first time you see him throw, you're like, whoa, like the ball shouldn't come out as, as quick as it does with the RPMs. It does. He he has the big league arm and he has big league creativity as well. At his first year starting at Oklahoma, his under duress numbers were up there with Pat Mahomes. That's what you like about him. He is not concerned about guys coming into his kitchen, flying around. He's going to try to buy time. I'm not going to compare him to Bryce Young in that way, but they have sort of that same prerogative of we want to extend the play because we can get it anywhere we need to go and get that ball out super quick. But whereas Bryce Young doesn't make mistakes with those split second, you know, he's got to get it out now. Uh, we've seen too much of that from Rattler. Of course, the end of the last season, he mitigated that greatly, was playing like a stud again. This season, we need just the good Spencer all the way through. I'm not yeah. going to go with the agent saying going to be a first round pick if that happens, <laughs> but he will absolutely be a day two pick if he plays this season like he did at the very end of last. 
Thor, let's swing over to running backs. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of interesting, interested to hear what you think about this class overall, because I'm not quite sure. Like, if, we don't have a Bijan Robinson in this class. We know that much. But um, I feel like it could be a deep class or maybe not. Like, uh, uh, it's kind of yet to be determined. Is that sort of the sense you get with how this class is going to stack up against other recent running back classes? I, I think that's very well said, Fitz. Yeah, it doesn't have that you know, elite mega stud that we were blessed with last year, but the depth of it is better, right? Like there was people that were nitpicking the depth of the last running back class. I only pushed back against that slightly because there was a couple of deep guys, as you guys both know that I really liked <clears throat> cough, cough, Evan Hall, you know, a couple guys like that. <laughs> but, but it also, to me, sort of dropped off. A sh- there was running backs going that I did in the last class that I was really surprised got drafted, like uh, the Lou Nichols kid. And, you know, a couple of guys like that were in this class, they would not get drafted. So just by definition, in terms of that, just by the qualitative numbers of draftable guys, this class is certainly going to have more. You're going to have more guys in that day two thing but you're, I don't think you're going to get a top 15 running back out of this class. Well, no Northwestern guys in this class, I don't think. Uh, no Evan Halls for <laughs> you this year, Thor, but we do have a lot of Big Ten representation at the top. And, and let me ask you about three of those guys. Well, it's interesting because two of them are at Michigan. So yeah. it's going to be fun to see them share a backfield, Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum who a lot of people got familiar with last year. And then, uh, you know, of course, we also have to talk about my guy from Wisconsin. And we know how people get excited about, like, big backs with speed. What's going to happen when uh, Braylon Allen checks in at, like, almost 240 at the Combine next year and runs, like, a 4-4? Like, people are going to lose their freaking minds, Thor. <laughs> their heads so, are going to uh, explode. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So yeah. let's let's talk about those three. You want to take Allen first or the Michigan guys? We can go Allen first. I mean, it's, it's like you said, he's this big sledgehammer back and – you know, all of his this is what's you know, I, I really appreciate that Wisconsin's going from the system they had now to the Longo system because the last couple of years, Fitz, as you know, defensive would just load the box against Braylon Allen. And then it became his quarterback was Graham Mertz, and we won't get into that, Fitz. But it became uh, Braylon <laughs> Allen having to fist fight guys out of his kitchen, break tackles, you know, even to try to get into the second level, whatnot. In fact, last year, by the numbers, by the percentage. Wisconsin faced more eight-man boxes than any offense in the nation that did not run the triple option. They finished fourth. The only three above them were the service academies running the option. And that was because uh, Graham Mertz and and that offensive scheme could not disincentivize teams out of the box. This year will be totally different, right? You go to the Phil Longo system. We were just talking about the Longo system with regards to Drake May. Uh, It's one one of the most advantageous for quarterbacks because it gives you the one-on-one looks downfield. You don't have to do the complex reads, you know, different stuff like that. But it also is going to naturally get guys out of the box. So for the first time in Braylon Allen's career, we're going to get to see him attacking thin boxes. That kid might go off this year. You you know, you think about the Longo system. Some people might just be like, oh, you know, it's, it's only pass. You know, it's like arid. It's actually not. Uh, you know, I mean, he it's pretty well balanced. It's just it naturally gives you the efficiency from the running game by getting those guys out of the box. And then you get the one on one shots downfield that it's dictated by the pre snap numbers where the defenders are. So they get those looks. They're going to get them, as, you know, as, especially if you have to do something to try to stop the run. Braylon Allen certainly going to do that this year. Javante Williams went off in that system. That system also supports pass catching backs. Michael Carter played for him, you know, different guys like that. I want to see, uh, you know, not only how he does against the thin box, I think he's going to do really good against those thin boxes. I also want to see a little bit more in the receiving game. 
this year out of him. We, we've seen a little bit, but he's going to get a lot more opportunities to both pass pro, catch the ball, whatnot. Obviously, I didn't have to do as much of that at Wisconsin before. But yeah, very exciting running back prospect. Yeah, I think we could get like a Deonta Foreman at Texas type for of sure. when it was spread it out and uh, Foreman what ran for 2000 yards that year. But now we've got a fast version of Deonta Foreman with Braylon <laughs> Allen. So uh, you we almost said a talented version, didn't you? Hey, <laughs> Thor. Come on, come on, Thor. So what about what about Donovan Edwards and Blake Corm in Michigan? Uh, do, you, do you have a preference on these guys? Like, I know a lot of people have them one, two in the class. There's both. So yeah, I, I don't know if, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at a, a ton of other ones, so I don't know if this is a scandalous take or not, but I prefer Edwards because I think that's actually a little he's consensus. Bigger. Right oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. As you know, as far as uh, the college utility in the Michigan system, I prefer Corum because he's like the bowling ball guy. He's like short, but he's super well built, runs low to the ground. Awesome contact balance. Very good acceleration. Like he's just sort of your, your prototypical, really, really good meat and potatoes guy. I want to see more receiving out of Corum. The problem with that though, is that's Edwards's thing. He is so multifaceted. He's a big kid. He is more athletic than than Corum, and he can do. He's skilled as a receiver in a way that that Corum is not. And so, of course, that usage goes to him. Um, he doesn't get to do as much of the meat and potato stuff. So some of that stuff we're we're just not quite as sure of. He, he hasn't gotten quite the you know over the course of his career uh, the usage. But there was that one game where Corum couldn't play late last year against. Um, Ohio State or whatever, and yeah. Edwards just just absolutely went off. So it, it would be interesting to see him as a bell cow in the same way that it would be inter- interesting to see Corum on a team that didn't have this next level, uh, you know, Swiss Army knife back. So so he'd get more of the receiving looks. But those guys complement each other very well. It's a part of the reason why Michigan's my national title pick this year. Hey, football fans, are you ready to put your NFL knowledge to the test? Join the Betting Pros NFL Pick'em Contest at bettingpros.com slash NFL Contest. Make your weekly picks and climb the leaderboard. Compete for your chance to win the weekly prize, a $25 Fantasy Pro Shop gift card. And for the grand prize, a signed Jackson Smith and Jigba Seahawks jersey, plus a premium subscription to Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. Head to bettingpros.com slash NFL contest to enter. And don't forget to download the Betting Pros app to track your progress. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because it ain't it. <laughs> 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. You'll know when you get it. It'll say eBay. Authenticity. Guarantee. You'll feel it. Because when it comes to your feet, eBay has your back. Maybe it's that head-turning pair for hooping or a hot new collab. Whatever you're after. When you cop on eBay, you can trust that your kicks will be checked by experts. Not just any expert. Sneaker experts who live and breathe the culture. Real people with real hands-on authentication experience. That's when Blue Checkmark represents on our listing. eBay Authenticity Guarantee, meaning every inch, stitch, sole, logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. So when you finally step into those grill kicks, you'll realize the feeling is unlike any other. And with eBay Authenticity Guarantee, the feeling of real is always within reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm glad we had that break with Bogman uh, doing the read, Thor, because I'm busy picking up my jaw off the floor with that Michigan prediction, man. Like, I'm not sure I couldn't handle a Michigan national <laughs> championship. Um, <laughs> one more running back. <laughs> Before I, I kick it over to Boggs, I got to ask you about one more guy. And as, as much as I love Braylon Allen, like my favorite running back in the class, I think, is Raheem Rocket Sanders yeah. or uh, Arkansas. So uh, tell me about him. Like, could he I think he's going to be my favorite maybe... back, too. Yeah, yeah, could he possibly climb the the list and you know be one of the first one or two backs chosen? He for, he for sure. Could. You want to talk about a kid that when he goes to Indianapolis, like we're gonna have to be wiping the oh saliva off the ground. <laughs> yes, he, he's a big locomotive, and when he gets going north south, when, when he's got that little bit of a runway, he's got sprinter speed, right? And so like you you have that stuff going for you. Uh, like to see more of the, the skill set flower out this year in terms of other stuff. But as far as the north-south load and the now you see him, now you don't thing, that stuff is unimpeachable. Like to see a little bit more on the third down, work on that kind of stuff. And then I'm not sure just how agile he is, but when you give him that runway, like I said, very, very difficult to deal with. He'll run through arm tackles. He can get into the second level. And if you don't have people around him and now he's in space – you're in trouble. I mean, that's why he racks up all these explosive runs and whatnot. I just want to see some of the other stuff because I don't want to have to peg him as a system specific type back, hmm. right? Like, you know, I, I want to be able to project him as more like the bell cow guy that you can do all these different, uh, different things with whatnot. That's what I want to see from him this year. Got to stay healthy. KJ Jefferson got to stay healthy as well. But yeah, in, in terms of sheer raw talent as a runner, He's way, way up there. And his band of outcomes, I, I think, is a little bit higher than some of these guys because I, I totally agree with the way you set that up. I do think he's got a shot to be the first running back taken. I could also see a reality. Some of those other things don't improve. You know, maybe he gets nicked up this year, different stuff like that, where then, you know, he's not a, even a top five running back taken. But certainly the like Sean Johnson this year. Exactly. If, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't hit. But yeah, the the testing is going to help Rocket when he gets there. There is a reason they call him Rocket. Right. Yeah. Uh, He is so much fun to watch. And I've watched him uh, torch my Longhorn. So, yeah, I I, I like Rocket. Uh, The rest of the guys that we have on the list here, Thor, and, you know, feel free to add in whoever else you like. But you're just your quick thoughts on Travion Henderson from Ohio State, Trey Benson from FSU, Will Shipley from Clemson, and Chase McClellan from Alabama. I mean, these are the guys we have on the list. There's other backs, too. Like you said, this class feels much deeper than last year's class. 
Yeah, I would say Trey Benson, you you know, in some ways he's comparable to the guy that we were just talking about, right? In in terms of the size, in terms of the speed. Um, I think Trey Benson gonna break out this year. Last year he, you know, because he, he finished last year with nine hundred some yards total over the course of the season, but he had to split carries with Treshawn Ward and he had to split the usage, whatnot. Treshawn Ward after last season season was like yeah, that guy's way better than me. I, I got to go to Kansas State uh, so, so I can be the RB1 whatnot. Uh, Trey Benson going to break out this year, you know, nationally. I, I like his no-nonsense sort of running style where he's not looking to dance around or anything. It's that same thing like I was talking about with Rocket. Like, he's looking for that straight line, and he's going to burst through it, and he, you got a problem once you get into the second level. M- one minor concern with Benson is the, he's a big kid in terms of he's six foot one. Uh, I think he's 215 or, or he might've even gotten up to 220 at this point, but he does run a little bit high. Um, that affects sometimes the contact balance. It affects sometimes the, the, the agility. He's not a joystick guy. He's the one cut dude. But yeah, when, when he gets that head of steam, you, you got a problem. I like Shipley a lot, you know, as far as a guy who has uh, multifaceted skills and he is going into a really advantageous situation this year with Garrett Riley taking over as offensive coordinator. Garrett Riley, a guy that took the TCU offense to another level. Uh, I, I don't think TCU plays in the national title game last year if Garrett Riley was not running that offense. And it's an offense where it's uh, split, right? It's it's balanced. Um, you know, Kendra Miller did really good in that. Even their backup running back when he was in last year for TCU did really good. So they're going to get advantageous looks. The defense also has to respect the the downfield passing, the shots that they take there. So you can't load up the box on them like teams were doing two years ago when DJU couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> now they, yeah. have, they have Kate Klubnik. So you better respect Clay, Kate Klubnik as a thrower. That should help out Shipley. Um, the other guys, Travion Henderson. It's funny. My take on Travion Henderson as a draft prospect is my same uh, take as Travion Henderson from a betting perspective. I'm on the Travion Henderson overs, which were set pretty low by the books uh, over the summer. And the only reason is it's a bet that he stays healthy all season. He's going to fly over his his prop number if he does. He has to stay healthy. Last year was a super snake bitten year. Not only for him, it was like, you know, a plague, a biblical plague of injuries (laughs) at the Ohio State backfield. The Mayan Williams kid was nicked up. It got the third string guy was out for the season before it even started. Things got so bad there. They had to move Chip Tranum from linebacker. They'd switch him to linebacker in the middle of the season. They had to switch him back to running back because they were so short on depth. But if Travion stays healthy this year, he's going to shoot back up there. You know, like where he was talked about before was obviously tremendous as a true freshman. I really like Travion's cuts. That's what I think about when I think about him. He's one of those guys where, you know, it's like the Matador thing of like, now I'm here, now, you know, now I'm there. He gets guys to whiff like that. He's also, because of that that sort of, the, the, the violent cuts, whatnot, able to change the angles of defenders coming in on him. And he has good contact balance as well. So if you don't hit him flush, He's going to bounce off you and wiggle and with balance is, is tough to it's tough, tough to, to navigate if you're a defender. Yeah, right. Travion Henderson at his full. Po- There's a reason that heading into last year, everyone was like, this kid could be a first round pick someday because he was so dominant yes. as a freshman. He already showed you that he's a good athlete, et cetera. But yeah, he just has to stay healthy because last year, the tape he put out some of those games, he was gutting through it, too. Right. So you didn't see Travion at the peak of his powers. If he stays healthy this year, he's going to move right back into the discussion near the top of this running back class. Any thoughts on Jace McClellan? I mean, Alabama's always sending running backs to the NFL. Does he have a chance to be another good one? 
I'm not as big of a fan of Jason McClellan as some other guys. Maybe it was the ease that, you know, he got, and maybe justifiably so, that he got shoved aside by by Jameer Gibbs and stuff like that. He has some skill, and he certainly has NFL size. He's going to be, you know, ab- above the threshold, I think, by the time he gets there, 5'11", 212. But I, I'm curious what kind of an athlete he is at that size. He's certainly not as skilled as Gibbs. I tend to think that Alabama is going to have more of a committee this year you know, as opposed to what they had last year, you're going to go back to a couple of years ago where, where you're using a couple of different guys. I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm just a little bit lower on McClellan heading into the season. All right, let's go to wide receiver, Thor. I don't want to like mm. bury the lead here. Uh, well, I mean, I guess Caleb <laughs> Williams is the lead, but, uh, you know, we're pretty excited about Marvin Harrison Jr. How can you not be? Oh, and by the way, Ohio State doesn't have just one uh, great wide receiver. Of course, you've got Emeka Ibuka right behind him. So um, let's let like let's start with those guys they're the the showstoppers in this wide receiver group i mean harrison conceivable he could be the second pick in the nfl draft and probably 102 in every rookie draft for sure you know i'll say top three but yeah i mean like you know you don't want to say a guy's like a front runner to go there like heading into the season because things can happen of course you don't know which teams are going to be picking there but this guy's a different kind of wide receiver prospect than we've seen for a long time he runs in the four threes and he's six foot four and he's big. He's also <laughs> agile and he's friggin' Marvin Harrison's kid. That kid yeah. knows how to run routes. <laughs> like it's not just, you know, some of these super freak athletes that we've seen who are big like that. And he's, he's basically Randy Moss size. He is not yeah. the size of his father. He is his father, but stretched out way bigger, but just as athletic. You, some of those guys, you know, it's like, a, um, you know, we were sort of talking about this with the quarterbacks, right? Like Spencer Rattler, he's always had such a big arm. And so he just trusts it. So he'll just chuck it or Quinn Ewers, the same thing. Like, I don't need to pay, you know, mind to my mechanics. I, I, I can just flick it, whatever. Some of these these receivers that are so physically dominant, you always wondered about the route running. I mean, this is before my time, although I was watching this draft in, from Minnesota and rooting like mad for the Vikings to get Randy Moss for, for him to fall down. But you guys, you know, one of the, the biggest nitpick on Randy Moss coming out, it was the character thing, which turned out to be totally speechless. Well, that's why he was at Marshall instead of Florida State. Or Notre Dame, correct. Yeah. But, but the other part of it was like, oh, Randy doesn't run refined routes. Like, it's just like, you know, throw it up to him and, and he'll catch that. But like, you know, we're not sure he can do the other stuff. Marvin Harrison could do all this stuff, you know, I mean, that, that wasn't fair necessarily with Moss, but like that won't even be a question with Marvin Harrison. He also has really good hands. I mean, really the only question with him this year is does the quarterback play at Ohio state drop off and you go for TJ Stroud to McCord. But if McCord's even, you know, 90% of what Stroud was, uh, Harrison going to get all the looks he needs. And from a physical ability perspective, it, it's just a, di- like I said, different thing. He is a unicorn uh, wide receiver prospect, Absolutely has a shot to go top three. I would be stunned if he is not a top five pick next year. What about his teammate? Yeah, Egbuka, who maybe a lot of people don't know that well. So uh, maybe just give us an overview of his game for the uninitiated. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, right? Because you're playing across from this unicorn type prospect, whatnot. But Egbuka is a stud as well. Um, Really well built kid, not as lanky and stretched out as Harrison, but 6'1", 205. Very, he, he's a solid route runner. He's a very, very good athlete. And the other thing I like about him, especially at that size, he wins downfield. And not only that, he wins in traffic. So he can win at every level of the field. He's good with the ball in his hands after the catch, different stuff like that. 
if he wasn't on Marvin Harrison's team, he'd be the bell of the ball. It's just, you know, he, he gets a little overshadowed there. You know, it's, you know, one of the reasons that, that Jamison Williams a couple of years ago had to flee out of there so he could be seen in Tuscaloosa. So he can get some balls, whatever. Now, obviously not as bad for a book. been on the field, been dominant, but yeah, that's the only thing you're sort of in the shadow there, but um, he's, he's very gifted. It's just a little bit slightly different, different type of receiver than Harrison. They go together really well. Sort of like the Michigan running backs we were talking about before. Our next giveaway is for a signed Odell Beckham Ravens jersey, courtesy of betting pros. All you need to do is subscribe to the Fancy Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below on this video, and that's it. We will be announcing a winner uh, right here on our YouTube channel, so make sure to turn on those notifications so you can be alerted uh, to when the new episodes are up and to claim your prize. Uh, Thor, there are so many good wide receivers in this class. You mentioned the top two. We have guys like Malik Neighbors from LSU, Romeo Dunze from Washington, one of your boys, J. Michael Sturdivant from UCLA, Malachi Corley from WKU, and my boy Xavier Worthy. I mean, it is, it, it seems good and deep. There's going to be a lot of great wide receiver talent coming out. This is a big reason why we're at we're telling people you don't want to trade those first round picks because even if you don't get this generational talent of, you know, Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison and Egg Buka, there is still a lot of talent on this board. These wide receivers, I mean, they would have been pretty high in this class, maybe over some of the guys that just got drafted. So how do you kind of filter through and who do you like out of this group? There's a minimum three guys in this coming class that easily would have been wide receiver one in the last class, and the number may end up uh, being higher. I'm I'm being a little bit conservative there, and I'm not going out on a limb either. Like I said before, like this receiver class, we're going back to pre-last year. And so I, I totally agree with your guys' take from like the, the dynasty perspective or the Debbie perspective, you know, how, however people out there are doing it. Um, you know, as far as um, – the neighbors I, I really like, and he's not in an advantageous situation necessarily for him because uh, uh Daniels, the quarterback there, is not a great thrower. Um, he's improved a bit since Arizona State, but you know, last I, I don't have the numbers in front of me of the the market share he had, but like you know, he was on a team with with Keishon Butte, who heading into the year everyone thought was gonna be a first round pick, and they had Dre Jenkins, a guy that got an NFL contract after the season. Those guys were on milk cartons, you know, with with Malik neighbors right. just clearly establishing himself as wide receiver one. And I don't think Keishon Butte was super duper happy about that. But it's like, bro, this is a qualitative thing. This isn't like we don't we don't like you. Um, I think it's one of the reasons why after the season, Butte initially wanted to return to LSU and Brian Kelly's like, no, we, you know, you can go to the next level. They have neighbors as, as a true blue wide receiver, one guy. And then they were able to flesh it out. The receiving core with, with guys that are going to be good compliments and accept that they're good compliments to a guy in Malik neighbors that I think will go in round one last year. He had over a, a thousand receiving yards, 72 catches on a team that did not have a super duper accurate uh, quarterback or a, a natural pocket passing quarterback this year, it should be more. I mean, like his, his uh, uh, stats are going to take up in, in direct relation to any improvements Daniels can make as a thrower, but they're certainly going to go be going to him early and often. The, the one thing he could get nitpicked about for last year. And, and maybe you could even say that the year before he only had three touchdowns last year over, over 72 catches. But what I would tell people is that that sort of goes back to the, the prerogative of, of, you know, not letting Daniels throw around the goal line, different stuff like that. Like you just <laughs> run it with him and, and different stuff like that. So uh big fan of neighbors and he's at the six foot 200 pound 
threshold and he, he's a sick athlete as well. Um, as far as the other guys, who, who do you want to talk about next box with the- worthy? Uh, of course I want to hear about worthy. Your take. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious your take Bogman. Uh, the, his freshman year. So impressive. Um, like, you know, when you see him there, it was like, I, I mean, I, I don't know if this is going too far. You tell me Bogman, what you think you've seen a lot of this kid reminds me of Hollywood Brown a bit. And yeah. if you want, if you want to be more conservative, you could say tank Dell, but there's a shot. He might even be better than that. He's one of the, he's like a jitterbug receiver, but it's just yes. impossible to stay with that kid. You know, yeah, it's like he, yeah. the Deshaun Jackson mold is what Deshaun you're like. Jackson Deshaun Jackson with better, you know, routes. I mean, you know, Deshaun Jackson, a guy a lot like Randy Moss, you don't need Chris Bratz. He snaps him off so hard. No one can, he gets all the separation, right? That's what you want from worthy. What he struggled with last year was drops. The drops right? And yeah. And, and that hurts, right. And that can hurt your draft stock, but this guy, he's going to be a big playmaker. I don't think he's going to be too much of a, you know, 10 catches for a hundred yards. He's going to be a five catch for a, 125 and two scores, or he's going to be a three for 27 guy, right? He's going to be a boomer bust player, at least early in his career, I think. But I also think there's more meat on the bone for him to grow and potentially become better at the possession part and, um, you know, be Devin Duvernay on steroids here. Uh, in a thousand terms percent. Longhorns. Yeah. And, so and, and, I, and just, I, that, that's what I like about him is he's going to be a big play dude for sure. He absolutely needs to correct the, the, the drops and the, the hand this year. But he's got a really good shot to do it because last year he's playing through a broken hand. And we didn't yeah. know that at the time. But it's like when you know that context after the fact, it's like, oh, the thing I was getting <laughs> frustrated at him for all season, like there not only is it explainable, but then you al- almost tick him a positive in it because he played through that. Right. Last year, Texas had a different wide receiver situation than certainly they're going to have this coming season. Because, right. you know, Boggs, as you know, Isaiah Nair, the kid that they were counting on to Deep. be one of those stars from Wyoming, out for the season before it even starts. Um, they had the young tight end who, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. They needed the weapons. And so they, you know, Worthy stayed on the field, never complained to the point where we didn't even know he had a broken yeah, hand. Yeah. People were nitpicking him. It, look, if I'm Xavier Worthy at that point, I'm like, guys, I, I know you're upset about the draft. I'm playing through a freaking broken hand. I don't need to be out there. I'm playing through a broken hand. I'm doing pretty good for a guy with a broken hand. Um, but like the separation thing, it, it goes without saying. And, uh, you know, the, the hand is now back to full health. I assume that is going to correct most of the drop stuff. And this year, the defenses can't lock into him like they've, they've been doing these past couple of years where he got all the, the, you know, the usage and the targets, you know, we're just going to him, the, the volume, whatnot, because Texas has at least three starting caliber, high end power five wide receivers on that roster. So, I mean, th- you're not getting worthy off the field, but the Mitchell other two guys that are out too, there yeah. with them and three with Sanders, right? Like you have all these different options. You're not going to be able to double team Xavier worthy in the same way you did before. Do you like it? Uh, who who else do you have the most hope for out of the rest of that group? Um, I well, one guy I got a shout out is, is Malachi Corley. Um, I, I think it's easy for people to discount the G five guys and the G five guys that are in air raid systems and put up the bazooka numbers and just be like, oh, you know, he, he's a G five guy. I'll tell you guys, the NFL really likes Malachi Corley. He has a second round grade hang, heading into the year by Blesto. He's built really well. Um, he, you know, it's uh, just a shade right around 5'11", but 211 pounds. So he's he's really fortified, really good hands. He can obviously handle ridiculous usage, um, and he's really creative after the catch. So I, I like his routes, and his game is going to translate pretty cleanly to the NFL as, at minimum, a super-duper high-efficiency guy. 
Um, so I like his game and don't sleep on him. You know, when you see him putting up the bazooka numbers with Reed and you, there was a guy from Western Kentucky, a couple you know, Stearns that put yeah, up the enormous Jared numbers, Stearns. but, but Stearns, you know, was smaller. He also wasn't as athletic. I just want to tell people out there, it is a different thing with Corley. He is a legitimate NFL prospect and that offense is going to Zay up. Jones is one of those guys and he's yeah. still playing in the NFL, Correct. you know, a guy that was an air raid system ECU guy, uh, set the record for receptions in a season and he's still a good player, but he got discounted coming into the draft because he played in a system. So I'm with you. For sure. And I, I love saying fortified for a guy who's got a <laughs> thick frame. I, I love that phrasing. Thor. I'm a very, big very boy. Good. So we, we, we try yeah. to do that. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm extra fortified. Exactly. So is what, what I would say. Uh, what about the guy who's going to be anchoring uh, your Pac-12 fantasy team this year, Romo <laughs> Dunze? Yeah, uh, I, tell us about him. I mean, Washington's got a pair of good receivers, don't they? Who are both going to be draft eligible, I believe. They do. Jalen McMillan being the other one, and actually their third wide receiver, a kid coming over from Kent State. The NCA decided to allow him to play this year, so thank you. Thank That's God. my second thank yeah. you for, to the NCA. But they, they have a really good third receiver uh, this year as well. But yeah, um, Odunze and McMillan are guys that are both going to threaten 1,200 yards receiving uh, just because that team throws for a gajillion yards now with, with uh, 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 Kalen LaBoy there whatnot. Yeah, and Penix, of course, you know, as the quarterback. And, you know, the NFL is very interested in both those dudes. And they're guys that you can play different spots in the formation. Uh, uh, DeBoer, he's he's so good, you know, not only system-wise, but, like, you just see guys' games there on the offensive side of his teams. They just jump up, jump up, jump up. Like, anyone he's ever sort of been around, it's like, you know, the Midas touch with it. Um, and, and so both those guys, yeah, are absolutely on the NFL radar. Uh, Odunze... Uh, above McMillan for sure. Um, Blesto gave a, a Dunze heading into the year round three grade, but um, I, they gave uh, McMillan around four. But you know, you're 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 talking about guys. Both of those guys, the NFL likes a Dunze almost six three, just a shade under two twenty. I I see his his last forty he ran. They got a confirmation on his four four eight. Uh, uh, McMillan just a little bit shorter, just a shade under six one. He's a shade under one ninety. And his last 40 time was four or five flat. So Adunze is just a bit more uh, physically gifted, but both those guys are becoming more and more skilled and dominant receivers in that system for sure. Yeah. Should we talk about J. Michael Sturdivant? And by the way, we've got some big, like old fashioned AJ Green X receivers in this class. Yeah. I love it. Heck yeah, we do. Hmm. Um, Sturdivant, first of all, I, I want to tell people about Sturdivant. The J. It stands for junior. His dad's name was Michael. And instead of just calling him, you know, junior, you know, at the end or whatever, mm. they, you know, big Mike, little Mike, they just put the J at the beginning. So, you know, that's, that's just uh, you <laughs> know, for, for people's trivia out there. But to your point, uh, Fitz, about the size kid last year, uh, redshirt freshman, he is now, you know, heading into his third year on campus, but he, he has more eligibility years, six, three, two Oh five already very big kid. Cal last year forced all this usage to him and he broke out. Like he really opened my eyes. The question with him, it's similar to Xavier worthy. Only he doesn't have the broken hand excuse. He drops balls. All right. Like last year, his, his drop rate was, I think even more elevated than Worthy's. My one concern, however, the thing I'll say in his defense was last year, he was very clearly the wide receiver one on Cal. A lot of targets were forced his way. Um, sometimes not in very advantageous situations. And also sometimes you feel like you got to play hero ball there a, a little bit and different stuff like that. But uh, a concerning uh, drop rate for him, 14.5%. That thing's got to get cut 5 6%. 
you know, I mean, anything when it gets into the double digits, it becomes a concern. You can't be at 14 and a half going into the NFL or you're going to get a, a you know, the, the red flag for the hand thing. But again, he has time uh, to go here. The ideal, ideal NFL frame. And he has the athleticism. He's also a skilled route runner as well. Now he moves to UCLA. He goes from sort of the one man show at Cal to now at UCLA. They can do different stuff. I realize that uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson left. I actually think this coming year, without Dorian Thompson Robinson, without Zach Charbonnet, that UCLA is going to match the win output from Dorian Thompson Robinson's best ever season. I don't think UCLA falls off whatsoever. And the reason is because of every position, not those two, right? Like the receiving core is really, really good. Their offensive line is going to be better than it's been these last couple of years. And this will be the best defense that Chip Kelly has at UCLA. Um, in, in that better sort of scenario for Sturdivant and not facing the double teams and, and, and as much of the uh, focus from the opposing defense, I, I just want to see him clean up the drops. I think he can, but we got to see it now. All right. In the few minutes we have left, Thor, uh, we got to talk about tight end, because if it's not enough that we've got iconic mega prospects at quarterback and wide receiver, we've won a tight end, too. Brock Bowers of Georgia, who I think fantasy people, dynasty people have been waiting for since he was a freshman. Speaking of salivating. Yeah. yeah, When is, when is this kid going to be drafted? We saw him as a freshman. It's like, wait, we can't draft this kid for like a couple more years. That's (laughs) terrible. Now we're finally going to be able to get to draft him in 2024. Uh, Tell people about Brock Bowers. Yeah, a kid, his first two years on campus for a team that obviously won the national title both times, best team in college football both times. First year, 56 catches, 882 yards, 13 tutties, 15.8 yards per reception. Last year, 63 catches, 942 yards, seven touchdowns, 15 yards per, per, per reception. And folks, that's not all. He's like the... Debo Samuel of tight ends or something. I don't even know. Like the guy <laughs> they run can, sweeps with them. Yeah. All this yeah, stuff. He's awesome. You can move them around, you know, like in different, like the defense will tip its hand to you every time you got Brock Bowers, you move them around the formation. Defense has to pay attention to them. They're going to tip off whether they're in man or, or they're in zone. And like the guy who's going to be on them, you can get, uh, you know, it's like sort of like the gravitational pulse type thing where then the other guys on offense, they're going to get more space because of Bowers and be in more advantageous situations. But yeah, you know, like we're saying, you bring him back into the backfield. He'll be a lead blocker for you if you want, or you can run the end around to him. You can hand the ball off to him around the goal line. They did all sorts of interesting things with him. Georgia's offensive staff, it wasn't thought of as like, you know, doing all these creative things, but Brock Bowers is so skilled from right from the start, right the day he walked onto campus. It was like, we need to figure out all these creative ways to get him the ball. So you're going to see that again this coming season, the the end arounds, the handoffs, getting creative with him around the goal line, certainly moving around the formation just in terms of receiving uh, way up there, right? From, from the guys we've seen the last decade, you guys know how much I like Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid, like the, the hands in the downfield thing, uh, you know, and the body control, really special. But Brock Bowers, it's like everything special. It like not the you know the the you know like he's not like an inline guy who's going to maul the de- defensive ends. But everything from the receiving and and with the ball in his hand, different stuff like that. It's just something different than we've seen from tight ends. You know the, these past few years. So he will be yeah. I mean you know it's clearly the tight end one with a bullet in in the dynasty draft. But you're going to draft him even higher than you drafted Dalton Kincaid. Do you think he's a better pass catching tight end prospect than Kyle Pitts, who had 12 touchdowns in eight games in his last year in college? 
I would say different, right? Like Kyle Pitts, he had that uh, sort of unprecedented combination of the frame and then the downfield speed. So he scares you more, probably, you know, just in a one-off scenario. But Brock Bowers is awesome downfield too. He might not quite be the athlete. He's not as big, right? Like he's Brock Bowers, six foot four, 240. And those might even be a little bit elevated. We'll have to see. Um, You know, he wants to keep putting on weight. But he can absolutely win downfield. He can win in contested situations, go up, you know, turn a 50-50 ball way more in your favor. And then the stuff in the intermediate route. And then, you know, unlike other guys, the short area stuff, it's not just the, the catching that the efficiency brings there. But again, you can give them all the, the running usage and different stuff like that. So I'd say he's different than Pitts. Um, and, and now we have a couple of years on Pitts. So, you, you know, you, your sort of knee-jerk reaction is to put Bowers above him qualitatively. But I just think they're they're different. Sure. Right. Yeah. But both awesome and, prospects. Yeah. And and you said it with the ball in his hands. Like he is a he's like a Debo Kittle mashup. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He can yeah. like run by you. He can run over you. He's just uh, like so good, man. Uh, Fogs, <laughs> you have to you have to ask Thor about your guy from Texas. I'm well, not going to, you know, let I'm... Thor go before we uh, address your guy at tight course, end Thor, for the Longhorns. Who... Who is your number two tight end and why is it Jatavian Sanders? It, has to be <laughs> uh, it, it is Jatavian Sanders he- heading yes. into the year for sure. And, and a guy that the uh, dynasty players are, you know, should be really interested in. He's around the same size as Bowers, just uh, slightly, you know, listed 6'4", 243. Really, really good athlete and skilled as a receiver. What was so interesting last year was they had the um, the transfer who came over from Alabama. I, he, he was he was he got put so much on a milk cart and I don't even remember his name. He, he ended up uh, declaring for the draft that he didn't get picked because Jatavian Sanders just ran him off the field. I'm blanking on the kid's name right now. I, I, I can't it, remember. It's what. Billingsley, right? Yeah. Billingsley, Jaleel Billingsley, a, a kid who had played at Alabama before and Texas had pursued in, in the portal and Billingsley had, you know, a couple of things off the field, whatnot, but that's yeah. not the reason he wasn't playing over Sanders. He no, wasn't playing Sanders over Sanders. Sanders is awesome. Because Sanders yeah. is very clearly better than him. And just another weapon for yours there, you add him to the four wide receivers I was talking about before. You're not going to be able to, uh, you know, have, you know, the double team Sanders. You're not going to be able to put like your best coverage guy in Sanders. He's a matchup problem for whoever encounters him. And it's going to be all the more so this year, galloping in space, different stuff like that. Love it. Love it. That is your base, everyone. Thank you so much to Thor for joining us today on the last episode of the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, follow us all on Twitter at ThorKU if you want more great uh, draft insight from Thor at Fitz underscore FF. I'm at Bogman Sports, and we will see you guys very soon. You know, the season will come and go very fast, and you'll get plenty of us here at Fantasy Pros uh, over the course of this season as well. So That'll wrap it up for us and for 2023. And we will see you guys on the dynasty pod next season. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to the fantasy pros dynasty football podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fantasy pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. 
It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.